0: Join our global community of travel lovers at Zerototravel.com. Zero to Travel Audio Adventures presents Trekking Nepal. Episode 5, Samir. We learn more about our guide Samir and the Nepalese people. Ana Dorte makes a tough decision. Plus, we eat what 95% of Nepali people eat for lunch every day. Okay, we're back on the trail, day two, and we're late as usual,
1: yes. aren't we? A <laughs> <laughs> little bit late than y- yesterday. Oh no, earlier than yesterday. Okay, we so.
0: you tell us to be ready, and we're leaving at 7:30, 7:30 and so. we're just bad. We're ah. crossing this little stream here. <laughs> day two. What what's the uh, what are we doing today?
1: So our plan is going to. Korla uh, Besi, which is 950 meters from okay. the sea level. Um, it takes about five, uh, five hours. Five hours. And then the trail is, is gradual and a small up and down, and we mostly walk next to the river. Yeah. It's very nice. Views of river. We cross some bridges. Um, stop for lunch at Machicolá.
0: Machicolá? Yeah. Okay. Which
1: it means fish
0: river. Oh yeah, fish river. Okay. Yeah. Why is there yeah. uh, are there a lot of fish in the
1: river? I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's uh, there's uh, fish. Okay. So local people they go to. River for fishing, yeah, and then sometimes we can find in the lodge, yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's very good. Oh, yeah, that's a
0: good good place to have fish for lunch,
1: yeah, okay,
0: yes. Maybe we'll get lucky if they have, yeah, maybe,
1: (laughs) maybe. Yeah, how
0: do you know if it's fresh? You just ask them,
1: yeah, just ask them,
0: yeah, Um, okay, nice. So, uh. Last night we stayed at Lapu guest house, and that was very nice. Yeah, yeah. And that was a crazy rainstorm.
1: Oh, yeah, it was It was really uh,
0: crazy. So what was louder, the rainstorm or the guy that was snoring in your room? Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's, hard actually to say. Uh, it's, I think. The snoring was harder than this <laughs> <laughs>
0: By a little bit?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because the snoring for slipping. Yeah. And yeah. I, I threw water. You threw water on me. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which uh, I think is a great strategy, and I'm going to do that next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife, Anna Dortha, said she's going to do that next time because she doesn't snore. She oh. sleeps like a mouse and I sleep like a lion. Okay. But she walks like a lion and I walk like a mouse.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: well, we're looking forward to a good day. Yeah. And so. it feels good to be out on the trail again. Yeah. The air is fresh so, and, clean yeah, and clean after the rain? Yeah, clean
1: after the rain.
0: It's a little chilly, but I like that. Not yeah, too much.
1: Yeah, but
0: it's just a little it's crisp.
1: Messy, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you think we'll see any animals
1: on this trip today? Um, today? I'm not sure. Maybe not. No? Maybe just uh, domestic animals. Yeah. And some birds. Yeah. Can see? Okay.
0: How would you describe Samir?
2: He was a young, pretty Nepalese man, I would say. He is twenty-eight now, I think. Around that age. He has amazing smile. And he has yeah dark hair. He has a calmness in him that just make you feel calm and, and secure in his Demeanor, presence. Yeah. and he's a very reflected young man with a lot of good and positive thinking and deep he's deep too but also easygoing funny and yeah
0: a great listener
2: yeah
3: absolutely
0: he's wise yeah he's very wise. He, nice. he has wise eyes he's like the embodiment of buddha nature yeah he's even but yeah. uh, anadorta really nailed it i mean his his presence is calmness and coolness, but fun. And yeah, it it makes you feel.
2: Just good around him. You, 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 like we felt like we got a, a really good friend being with him for those, those days.
0: He does enjoy being a guide.
2: Well, he lived like, uh, on the, the way up on the Everest base camp track oh yeah Uh, so i think it was he
0: fell into it
2: yeah i think his uncle it was a porter and i think he's been through all the steps from porter to work in the kitchen to or with the food and cooking and then eventually he became a guide so he done kind of all of the steps on the ladder to From the basic, and that I think that was very important for him because he understood, knew how it was to be the porter, how hard of work that was. He knew how it was to do the dishes and, and make the food and prepare the tents for big groups of people until he self educated him in like English to become a guide because obviously being a guide you make more money than being a porter so he is he's a guy that really he have good plans with his life i think uh it just tells so much what he have uh, from like being taken out of school because of the maoist uh, regime and to do all the things he've done and also what he is doing for example for his village now he and, and some friends of him is...
0: Others from the village yeah, that live in Kathmandu. Yeah,
2: that comes from the same little village. They're doing, like, they have their own community helping, like, other kids and students coming from the village that are moved to Kathmandu to start studying. For example, they're helping them with, like, uh, accommodation and clothing and everything. And they, they
0: put in money each month, all of them, Yeah, so to, um, for projects in the village. Yeah.
2: So they are building their village even though they don't live there. It's very inspiring and very unbelievable. That um, Generous. Yeah, it's generous. And also, they're not selfish. They're very giving to other people.
0: I had conversations with him. He says that he enjoys it very much. He loves that he gets to meet people all over the world and learn about their cultures in exchange and who they are as people. So he gets that travel cultural exchange through guiding and he also gets the chance to show off nepal and what it is about his country that he loves he does have a dream to one day see the beach and to travel and because uh, in nepal it's very difficult to get uh, visas and also money to travel abroad these are dreams that he has, especially I think with interacting with people from all over the world, wanting to go visit some of those people. For example, us, we would love to have him yeah. come to visit us here in Norway. And I still think that will happen someday. I
2: hope so. Obviously when he is on this uh, trekkings, he misses, he has, he has a beautiful wife and a beautiful daughter. So of course he missed them when he's out, but he was in touch with his wife I think almost every day when we went trekking. So that's a hard thing, obviously, to be away from your family. And also being a, a guide, you have to just take the job whenever it comes to you. You can't really plan it very much. You just, when you get customers, kind of, you just have to get on that trip. And it's and, the season.
0: So. And it's the season. But
2: I think working as a guide uh, in Nepal, because Nepal is so based on the tourism. It is one of the better jobs you can have, I think, compared to the money. And also, it's very hard to get out of the country to to maybe get the influence from the rest of the world and, and learn from that, too. It's a unique position, I think.
0: One thing I'll say about the uprising is when you go to visit a country after a political event of this magnitude, you get to experience firsthand what it did to the people there through stories and Samir shared his stories on how the Maoist uprising affected him. One thing that really struck Mm -hmm. a chord with us was how it deprived him of his education and how he had said that, you know, the schools weren't available to him because this was all going on during the time he was growing up. So it affected him uh, his entire childhood, his entire experience growing up. So he taught himself english through through his work he did mention that he was he did seem a bit somber and sad that he wasn't able to get an education but he didn't seem bitter no he was very um i don't know he was very just in general, accept- he just accepted it yeah you know uh you could tell that there was you know maybe a little bit of sadness there i don't know it was a very positive way I, I don't know how to describe his way about I don't think it he, he just
2: spent energy and like exactly holding anything in the past with negative vibes I think he have just accepted how it was and done the best out of his own situation mm-hmm. and meeting like a more positive person than Samir is I haven't either before or after it could be like a thing that you could be very bitter about that losing your your school uh, your education and And think about what you could have achieved from from that time instead of what you have uh, lost. But it's not in the way of at least uh, no bitterness, no thinking. Yeah, yeah. which is something like it's we all can learn from. I think.
0: Yes, when you visit a country after something like this, it can be a. a tough topic to bring up. You just don't know what somebody's personal experience was with it, whether they were involved on the Maoist side or not. So it's, it can be tricky to talk about. But it, if you spend enough time in a country where a political event has occurred and you you listen and you ask enough questions and engage with local people, you will begin to learn what it was like for them during that you know, time yeah. and i think that that does take time on the ground to yeah. do that
2: and there was like um i remember at least one of the villages that we we passed there we saw like the communist flags and yeah and uh, also our guide told us that it were places where the villages were still very affected about um being supporters of of the um, and you could also be read in uh, at least one of the travel books that you, it had happened in the last years that that you could meet kind of the wrong persons and needed to pay yourself out of situations because of it. Still,
0: I've got a trail confessional here, and Adorita has started taking antibiotics last night, and it's now about, I don't know, 1.30 in the afternoon or something like that. So she's taken two Cipro pills, and she's still feeling the same. She's not feeling good. She's feeling like she has to pee all the time, and it's, uh, it's concerning because her health is everything, and... You know, it's, we can battle our minds, we can be tired, push through. You know, all the things that can happen on a long journey like this, you can usually fight through it, but something like an infection or uh, some health-related issue is not going to cure itself. You have to have the right medication. We had Samir, our guide, call the Pharmacy yesterday, and he couldn't get in touch with any of them because they were closed because of the festival. And we called the office and had them Google the medication we had. They said it would work for a bladder infection, but this is all self-diagnosed stuff. So I'm just really, really worried, concerned, scared uh, for her. And she's my wife, so I uh, want to make sure that she's okay. And I'm afraid to talking about walking days and days into the mountains and uh we'll be far away from civilization so where she can get the proper medication and everything. So hopefully she starts feeling better. It's making the walk this afternoon after lunch. She was feeling pretty good this morning, but she's walking ahead now. It's making the post lunch walk really difficult for me. It's so beautiful. Uh the scenery, but I'm um, just constantly worrying about her if she's going to get better and if she's on these strong antibiotics how that will affect her walking over the next five days and if we'll have to turn around and leave so i really hope that things work out i don't mean to sound dramatic but you know we're out here in the middle of the mountains in nepal and these villages if you could see them and feel where we are it's very rural very small and there's not a lot of medical care anywhere so we actually purchased some medicine to bring in to people so we could have some to give out so anyway i hope that she gets better fingers crossed fingers crossed Dalbot king himself (laughs) Uh, can you just explain dalbat because it's uh, it's everywhere
1: it's uh, actually dalbat is uh, Nepal's uh, national food national food so most of the 95% Nepali people uh, eat dalbat for lunch dinner lunch dinner if I don't eat dalbāt for lunch, I I feel like something forgot. So if if you have
0: to have it at least one
1: meal. Yeah, of one the day. Uh, if uh, not possible, we can skip. And uh, dinner, we can have something different. Yeah. So that's fine. But normally we have uh, at least one dalbāt in a day yeah can you
0: explain like what it is exactly uh,
1: it's uh, especially uh, rice and then uh, lentil lentil yeah and some uh, comes with uh, curry there's potatoes and spinach and some pickles pickles it's, yeah, yeah. Ma- made by um, tomatoes and then sometimes some different kind of pickles chili yeah.
0: and it always seems to be served on a big metal plate Yeah. and always. then there's a small metal uh, dish yeah. that has like a, the lentils and it's like in a green soup, is it like a, what else it's is in a, the
1: it's a dry pretty small uh, seeds and is like, it just soaking in water, is that yeah. why it's
0: becoming green or is uh, they adding yeah. spice to it
1: um, not really, just uh, uh, salt. Okay. And then sometimes uh, some cook they mix some coriander powder. Okay. Yeah, for the better taste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Normally it's with salt and then a uh, little bit of uh, oil. Yeah, and the water, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and the water. And, yeah.
0: and it's in like a steel. Yeah. Whatever, like a metal
1: um, yeah soup bowl. bowl. Yes. and then it's
0: it's on the larger metal plate, and then you have a big, giant amount of rice. Yes, and then you have um, on the side, like you said, the potatoes and the spinach and the the pickled stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. And
0: the other cool thing about it, it seems that everywhere it's like as much as you can eat. Yeah, is that right?
1: Yes. Is it always that way? Always. Yeah, we can have uh, more. Rice as you want. Mm. Um, if I order something like momo, spaghetti, or some other dish, it's just one time. Yeah, you only uh, get one yeah. serving. Yeah, yeah. there's That's no other food
0: that you can get. No, they no. keep bringing it. Yeah,
1: just the dalbat. Yeah. Do you have of it? Sometimes, yeah. Uh, Sometimes. Yeah, sometime. in, in Kathmandu, I cook. Dalbat for lunch, and then, dinner. You know, sometimes I make uh, uh, fried noodles, yes. and sometimes uh, pasta, potatoes, Mm-hmm. Yeah, something different. Yeah.
0: I can just
3: say that this is a very good dalvat. Yeah? Yeah, because yeah, uh, we Because
0: you're eating it right now. Yeah, it's very yeah. good. Yeah. You're finding it good? This Is yeah. it the best one you've had?
2: I think so. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Uh, actually, the first night I thought it was pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's good.
0: Uh, I have one more question about it. Because we were joking today. Because we was bald, bald, what we say?
1: uh, (laughs) We were switching the words. Yeah! As a joke, you know. First, uh, uh, bat, sorry, uh, dal, and bat. Yeah. (laughs) Normally, we call. uh, uh, dal bat yeah but uh, this morning I joke I make a joke it yeah. as a bat and yeah bat dal <laughs> today you're gonna have something different you're gonna yeah, have bat dal yeah, which different. was very
0: funny yeah um, so I know some people are drinking out of the, the, the actual is this the dal yeah is the that dal. the dal the lentil yeah. Yeah. so some people are just drinking the soup and some people are pouring it on the rice is yeah. there is that just whatever yeah it's all good it's,
1: yeah all good okay yeah cool so that's Dalbat. We, yeah, we see. Dalbat. Power. 24 hours.
3: <laughs> Keeps us going 24 <laughs> hours. Yes. Think so. ha- has it been keeping you going? Yeah, I think it will keep me going till tomorrow morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's about twelve hours service yes. for me. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is. We haven't had it for lunch the last two days, but maybe we should start to get us powering through the altitude hikes. Yes.
1: We started the day
0: in Lapu Bessie, and we hiked to Kani Bessie, and yeah, one of the villages we walked through, they were collecting money for a school that they were building, so we gave them like 20 bucks, mm-hmm. and they were really happy with that, and they mm-hmm. came, uh, these little these Nepali girls that were probably like 10, would you say? Yeah. No, maybe 12. Yeah, 12 um they came and they wrapped scarves around us as a thank you which was really sweet yeah. and we hiked with those for a while and then we tied them into our bags now we have them for good luck we also got approached by two little girls and one was carrying yeah. she was about six seven and she was carrying a, a baby in a basket
1: yeah.
0: on her head sherpa style porter style mm-hmm. and then she had a little tiny girl with her sister probably and they came up and they gave us flowers which was so sweet and we hiked with them on our bags and that was just just to be nice they didn't ask us for anything they just came up and gave us flowers Yeah, how cool is that and it was beautiful moment. um there was some sketchiness on the trail today like some steep drop-offs that would have sent us into a raging river one that was just about a couple feet a foot and a half wide where it got really tight and that was a little nerve wracking we ended the day at Tata Tata, Tata Pani Tata Pani T-A-T-O-P-A-N-I and that means hot and the hot springs are here which they call the hot springs it's, a, it's like hot water coming from the mountain and it comes out of a pipe so we kind of showered in the public village shower Which was cool and interesting. And Adorta disrobed not all the way. (laughs) But, um, and I got in my underwear and we scrubbed up and, and we washed way too much laundry. And now it's all wet, right? Think it'll dry by tomorrow?
3: No. No.
0: So we have a lot of wet laundry hanging in our room. Um, we had a nice dinner. We got Momos, yeah, and there were like potato-filled potato and vegetable-filled um, dumplings, and dabots. Yeah. And it was really nice because um, Samir invited us to spend, have dinner at his home with his family when we get back to Kathmandu, which was really emotional yeah. and nice. And how did you feel about that, honey?
3: Yeah, it's very sweet, emotional. I start to cry. Yeah. Um, it's like, so... Like, people here doesn't have much, but they still have, the, like, the biggest hearts. It's, it's very... touching.
0: They're super warm. Yeah. Friendly people.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is smiling and wishing us welcome and... Chatting us up even if we don't speak the same language and We have like the sweetest porter that like says that this has been his nicest Trip so like in his porter life and he's been porter for many many years. That's very sweet And also mm-hmm. very emotional I think
0: Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah And we're just getting emotional right now
3: um, it's been like ups and downs I guess for me yeah it's been like I've been pretty scared I guess f- from before we started because it's this been going on in the Annapurna region and the mountains can also always be unpredictable and and I haven't feel felt the best. I started with the antibiotics last night, and it's going a little bit up and down, and I've been pretty emotional, actually. Like, missing my family, actually. I don't know if it's... Yeah, but today it has been a good day. I love to hike. I love the walking, and, like, it's very peaceful, and we are... A nice group of four, I think, with, like, Samir and Mingmar and Jason and me. We have some stops and we, like, share some cookies and smiles, even if we don't necessarily can communicate that good. And Samir is, like, learning us a lot of things about the mountains and the community in Nepal in general. And I think Mingmar is learning us a lot too, just being him. I'm looking forward to the rest of the days. Uh, I'm a little worried about the altitude, of course, because this has been easy. We're still like in the lower area of Manasleo. We are, I think today, we are about mm, a thousand meters, probably. but. um Yeah, the altitude is (laughs) probably be challenging and also like we meet a lot of people coming back down and that means that they haven't been able to do the pass so like maybe we have to go back again (laughs) the same way we came but of course we have to do that it would just be extra days seeing the same thing and going to scary areas back and I've I renamed the suspend suspensions bridges mm-hmm. to suspicious bridge bridges because I think they're pretty scary. And tomorrow we're having a bridge day. <laughs> That's not going to be fun.
0: Yeah.
3: But it is what it is. I have survived those bridges today and yesterday, so I think Nepal is a, despite it's like one of the poorest country in the world. It's it's the wealthiest of hearts and smiles, I think. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Tracking Nepal, coming up in episode six.
1: So today we're going to Jagat. We mostly walk along the river, sometime in the small forest.
0: We thought it was a great way to have another local with us and to contribute to the local economy.
2: And also if you have like a heavy backpack, then it's even more important to have tracking poles.
0: This audio adventure series has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com Ideas and advice to help make any of your travel dreams a reality join our global community of travel lovers at zero to travel.com. Hey, it's Jason here. And if you love trekking, I invite you to stop by zero to trekking to join our global community of hikers and discover the ultimate resource on trekking worldwide. You'll also learn about our upcoming authentic small group walking adventures. That's zero to trekking.